welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So we've been talking about uh, faith over the last few weeks, and today I want to consider faith and relationships. Now, people are awesome and uh, wonderful and amazing and a blessing, and and, uh, your best memories and moments in life, no doubt, involve being with people, sharing experiences together. But... People can also be annoying and obnoxious and stubborn and rude and difficult to understand and get along with and conflict with and they're different to us and have different views and opinions and they can be unkind and hurtful and sinful and all. And so all of us can be tempted to withdraw from relationships at times, to retreat away from people and from the pain that those relationships sometimes bring into our lives. And recently, uh, there's been a lot of forced isolation around the world, and some people have found that very tough, and they miss people. But I suspect that some people haven't found it that difficult at all. They've probably secretly enjoyed, maybe not even that secret about it, they've actually enjoyed not having to deal with people. Well, it's good to enjoy your own company. It's important, but it's not healthy if we isolate ourselves if we avoid interacting with others. And the Bible warns us against this because in um, Proverbs 18 verse 1, it says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. And the Hebrew words used there can also be translated as describing someone who separates themselves from others, who's obstinate, in seeking their own will or just what they want for themselves. Whereas if we're connected with other people, if we're living in community, in relationship with other people, we are forced to think beyond what we, what we want for ourselves. And that's a good thing. And so the Bible encourages us to be to be together, to meet together. And you may know in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, it says... In the New Living Translation, let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Interesting, people were already feeling the temptation to withdraw in the first century of the church. Very exciting, newfound discovery of who Jesus was in the early days, and yet still, people, they found them annoying, and some were already uh, withdrawing. And so, what's this got to do with faith? Well, we need faith in order to stay connected, to obey God's calling on our lives, to be in relationship with other people. It says there to encourage one another. Well, anyone can discourage people or doubt people or withdraw from people or bring them down. That's, that's easy. But to encourage someone, you've got to have faith in them. You've got to lean in and trust sometimes beyond what you just see in your natural 
senses. And we are called to believe the best in people. And when people around us mess up and let us down and hurt us and do the wrong thing, we got to go beyond just believing the best in the people. We, we believe in God. We, we believe that God will work it out, that, that he will work in that relationship, that he will, uh, he will move in our hearts. We, we, we have to trust God that he will give us the ability to forgive sometimes or that he will give us the grace uh, and the wisdom and the humility to deal with conflicts and, uh, and to give us the resolve that we need to keep moving forward and maintain healthy relationships. All this requires front-footed faith rather than just doing life and let people come in and out of your world and, and, and just look after yourself and isolate yourself. And so uh, it's not just, of course, for our sake. To, to, you know, it's good that you can get on with people and life becomes more enjoyable, but it's actually a calling on our lives. It's so powerful and it's so close that we are called to live with people that the Bible says we are part of a body. And we're all parts of that body. And you may know some of these passages. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And again, reading from the NLT, uh, it says in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, (laughs) Uh, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear, or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Wow. So there's so much there we could unpack. Let's just note briefly, we're all important to God. We're all part of the body of Christ. We all have a role to play in that body. We've all been given gifts that God has put in our lives so that we can join together with others and help the body work and move, function together. So we all need each other. We're all called to care for each other, it says, and we're all 
meant to work together. And notice it says, you know, the foot saying, oh, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. And that's ridiculous. And, and that's representing some people who might feel a little down on themselves, a little uh, less important because like a foot and not a hand, they're hidden away. They might think, well, I'm just not as important. I look at that hand, oh, it's so talented, all the different movable bits. I haven't got so much movement and, oh, an opposable thumb. What do I do for that? And here I am stuck in this smelly shoe down here, useless. Well, not at all useless, just not as prominent. And so we need to lean into that. Every single person connected to Christ, discovering their gifts for the use of God to feel important and uh, effective and, uh, and, and live a rewarding life as a result. And conversely, notice the opposite problem. It says, well, the eye, you know, they, the eye could be tempted. It says there that oh, I don't need the hand. And how silly that would be. So the eye, oh, look, sparkling, beautiful, noticeable, uh, window to the soul. Uh, but how ridiculous for an eye to say, well, I don't need any other part of the body. And so for us, we need to make sure that we don't ever think we don't need others. That, uh, you know, like the eye, that we don't rely on or need to have other people in our lives. So... No matter how good you are at, at one thing or, or many things, uh, you can't do everything. No one's perfect and, and we will all be weak in some areas and then you will need some other people to help you out in that area. So to illustrate beyond just that powerful analogy of the body, um, let's go to a sporting analogy because I think it's been weeks at least days since I've used one, uh, so I feel um, inclined to do so. Now, many of you would know that I enjoy motorcycling, and uh, I grew up riding motorbikes, and uh, I can I can get around okay on, on a motorbike. Um, and, in fact, to illustrate, we have some video footage because of this new system that we're presenting our services with, and thanks to our brilliant uh, tech team, particularly Chris Debenham. Um, I've got a video that will show you um, me on a road bike, taken from the bike on a GoPro, on the famous Oxley Highway, working uh, through some twisties for a moment. Have a look at this. Okay, so I'm no Valentino Rossi, but, you know, it's not too shabby. Um, now, the next clip is me on a dirt bike. And look, videos of dirt bikes never show how tricky or how steep the sections are. But anyway, have a look at this. Now... Before you think, what is this guy doing? Just boasting about how good he is on it. Let me show you another clip. Because, um, like I said, okay, maybe I can ride a motorbike. But <sighs> Ruth and I went skiing uh, a while ago. And we've done a little bit of skiing, but me a lot less than her. Um, and whenever we go skiing, she's 
out in front. Uh, so once I tried to film her and I said, well, you ski ahead and I'll just ski right behind you. Well, right behind is probably not the right description because, as you can see, she's, um, well, she's a lot more accomplished at skiing than I am. And so here I am trying to film as she skis down a lovely slope. Well, it's all very well me just skiing behind her to keep up while I'm filming, but, oh, hello. <laughs> yep, good theory, that one. Uh, all right, still filming, are we? Good one. Well, I hope you enjoyed that a lot more than I did at the time. And, uh, of course, the moral of the story is just forget about multitasking until you can at least do one task, in that case skiing, in a half-decent way. Now, um, of course, the point of all that is, as I said, to show that we're not good at everything, that we can always learn from others and, uh, and that we need others because uh, I needed, in that case, either a lot more skiing lessons and practice or preferably someone else to do the filming and the skiing at the time. And so, look, okay, maybe you're good at motorbike riding and skiing. Yay! Well, there's going to be something that you're not so good at, and this is what we need to accept and deal with with humility and then learn from other people who God has put in our life who we can glean from, that we can receive from. And so we need to, as I said, have faith that God's put these people in our lives and trust that they can teach us something so that we believe, so that we reach out to them in faith, that we, we need to believe in people and, as I said, believe that God can use people uh, to help us. And, um, and so finally, I just want to reflect on how Jesus dealt with people because um, you know, when he was here, when we read through the Gospels, we see Jesus loving people, dealing with people graciously, with compassion, uh, with patience, and believing the best in people. In particular, just consider and reflect, if you've read through the Gospels, how he dealt with Peter. Peter, who became an apostle. Peter, the great preacher on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people born again when he stood up there and preached the first sermon of the church. But Peter, who also was loud, obnoxious, impulsive, hot-headed, who even disowned Jesus on the night when Jesus was preparing to go to the cross, when Jesus needed Peter the most, he disowned him. And, uh, and so what did Jesus do? Did he write him off like many of us would be tempted to do? Uh, no, he kept believing in Peter and he gave him another chance. And that faith that he put out, that he put in Peter and that he put in God, knowing that God is going to work things out. God is still going to use Peter. And of course he did. And, uh, and I just want to learn from that when I read through uh, those gospel accounts and see how Jesus dealt with people and people like Peter. <sighs> and I think, well, Lord, let me not just lean into that temptation to be critical, dismissive, 
of people, but to believe in them and, um, and to trust beyond just believing in people, but to trust God and to uh, trust that he will maintain uh, the strength in our relationships that we can lean into and keep building healthy relationships by trusting in people and trusting in God. hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.